0: Hi everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the second kings twenty one through six episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with the person who holds the man-made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel, can you remind us of the verse for this episode?
1: Yes, I can. Hold on to your chairs. 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith Jehovah, set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he, Hezekiah, turned his face to the wall, and he prayed unto Jehovah, saying, Remember now, O Jehovah, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle part of the city, that the word of Jehovah came to him, saying, Turn back. And say to Hezekiah, the prince of my people, Thus saith Jehovah, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of Jehovah, and I will add unto thy days 15 years. And I will deliver thee in the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake powerful. Yes it is.
0: What are your initial thoughts from the episode?
1: So this is this reminded me of uh I was in some training with a church that I was a member of as a young Christian. We were in a small group. And you know me, I love doctrine, I love teaching. The first time the small group met, we had like uh in a an ass- we each had a sheet of paper with three or four questions on it that were prompts for us to share with the group when we met. And of course, all my answers to these questions were very doctrinally heavy and very teacher focused. I think in each of the questions I managed to fit some definition of some term within it. And I was kind of bummed because the leader of the small group after i was done sharing said this is not a doctrine or a theology group let's stick to sharing personal stories and i felt negated i felt misunderstood which i do often a lot of times people will tell me let's not stick to the doctrine so much let's just let's just be ourselves and it's like that is myself. When you tell me not to talk doctrine, you're telling me not to be myself. Mm -hmm. But I remember a mentor of mine, not the small group leader, I was sharing my frustration with him because I essentially said, I want to understand people's theology. And I was frustrated that we weren't going to be able to do that. And my mentor said, people's theology comes through their stories, if you know how to look for it. Cool. And this story proves that so much. You know, some of the letters Paul wrote are very doctrinally heavy, very directly about doctrine and and teachings. But then you have books like, you know, Second Kings or the Acts of the Apostles, where these are more of a narrative than a direct teaching. But to say a story like this doesn't have doctrine in it is really saying you don't understand how to look or find doctrine within a story because there is so much going on in these six verses. That is why not only did we dedicate an entire episode to these verses in season six. But it's also why it took us eleven episodes to get to a verse like this because of some of the complexity of what's going on in the subtext of of this story. so yeah, it's great. These stories like this just they blow my mind because there's just so much going on if you know how to look for it
0: there you go and and uh there's doctrine in everything, right? At the yeah, there is at the principal yeah. level, yeah, so we have a. We have a podcast about the Bible and the doctrine behind it. But I suppose after this, Joel, you could have a sports podcast where you talk about the doctrine behind sports.
1: Totally. (laughs) And I I probably would. I'm talking more about the things that are going on behind the scenes or in the thought process of the people. And that's the stuff that energizes me for sure.
0: Yeah. One of the things that blew my mind about the episode is, you know, I'm reminded of the, I'm reminded of the dissolve episode and how God does everything seemingly backwards or opposite of what we as human beings think. So to see death or someone dying as being a benefit to them, it's like, that's one of the, now I think us as believers, we should have that grid now, especially with the life of Christ. Yeah. Wait, how can someone die and it be a benefit for them? It's like Hezekiah, that story ought to have primed all of us for the fact and the disciples that, you know, Christ could die and it would all be for the benefit of people sounds yeah, very great. opposite how would the ki- how would a king die and provide a benefit for the people it's like Hezekiah's story is of a righteous king who was going to die and Jesus is the ultimate righteous King that did choose to die
1: yeah and it, that dissolved perspective is the intangible causes right the spiritual causes behind an issue and we can see it seems Hezekiah's perspective was a tangible physical cause. he was look he wanted to live on Earth longer. Hmm. And if he took a step back and looked looked at his life from the spiritual perspective, he may have made a different decision. but yeah, God's just always and completely. Hezekiah put his spiritual value up for an exchange and Jehovah responded in kind.
0: I love that because, you know,
1: in conversations
0: with God, I wonder how much of this is a negotiation. And if Hezekiah would have responded by, whoa, 15 years. Um, Is there, will there be any negative effects to granting me these 15 years? Mm. And, you know, how many times it seems like these benefits are so good, but to be again now we're at, we're at the uh the episode where we talk about being contrastive. Yeah. Yes there yeah. are all of these benefits, but what are the detriments? Yeah. Mm. And if we look contrastively, is it possible that God is blessing us because we have reward and we desire this thing, but there are detriments in all of our lives for the thing that God is giving to us that could exceed the the benefits.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if Jehovah was trying to warn Hezekiah as, as Jehovah does. We learn that from 1 Samuel chapter 8, right? When the people mm-hmm. ask for a king, Jehovah, right. before he grants them their request, gives them the laundry list of things that will go wrong if they, if he gives them this request, which again, that's another example of a prayer that jehovah answered that wasn't according to jehovah's will totally but you wonder if it's hezekiah if he was contrastive he would have heard that still small voice or maybe he didn't he ignored it but my i'm more likely thinking hezekiah was just in a fixed mindset as it related to it must be a good thing to live longer it must be a good thing to be healed of a sickness.
0: Yeah. Totally. And it's like,
1: is that a traditional belief that I can definitely see a human being have? Mm. Could you consider it would be maybe a better thing to die?
0: That it would be merciful oh, of
1: God. That's a hard that's that. a hard pill to swallow, man.
0: It really is. Can you give us an overview of the damage done? By this, the, the loose and the strict perspectives view yeah. of the
1: verse? Yeah, the strict side doesn't understand prayer or God's will. And really getting, getting better understanding of those things, and especially how God doesn't violate the free will of man, would help clear up this issue. The loose side doesn't understand that our faith in God is built on our understanding and experience of him. And it's not a belief in a paradox, but, but really the loose side is more, the more of the issue is seeing the difference between love and enabling.
0: Mm. Yeah. How would you handle a person who holds to the man-made belief about the verse?
1: Well, Jonathan, let's take a look. I'm going to go through some popular options of different beliefs about this verse and how you can handle a person with that belief. And what I've done, you'll see, is I've broken down some of the Apostle Tater and Pastor Rich responses so we can get how would we handle them. And then uh, also I do research with each of these podcasts to try to find some common beliefs about the verses we're covering based in popular commentaries that you'd find in your library or these days more likely online. Nice. So number one, well, we heard, we heard Pat or Apostle Tater say, of course, God knew ahead of time that Hezekiah would pray to be healed. Well, my response to him could be, well, Hebrews six eighteen says it's impossible for God to lie. Mm-hmm. How would God have stated Hezekiah was going to die if he knew he wasn't going to. It's a great question. Yep, That's a great way to handle that person saying God knew he'd pray. I had a time to be healed. Uh, a second one. I've heard this one. This was actually, I, in my, uh, I think it was when I was getting my master's degree of theological studies one of my assignments covered the, the Hezekiah story of being given 15 more years. And I presented the argument that we've presented in the What the Flock episode. And my professor came back. This is one of the few times my professors, you know, I still got a good grade, but my professor came back with a rebuttal of the point I made. And his point was the same as what Apostle Tater said with Hezekiah's sickness was a punishment. I could just ask him and what I asked my professor is what, ev- according to what evidence nice. so, or how do you explain Hezekiah's ability to gain more time based on his walking before God in truth and with a perfect heart.
0: Nice. Great question.
1: And then here's another thing. Let's, you know what, if I want to even be more merciful to the person who says Hezekiah's sickness was a punishment, I could just say this. Okay. Great. Hezekiah's sickness was a punishment. How does this explain that God stated plainly that Hezekiah would die and not live? Hezekiah's sickness being a punishment doesn't eradicate the conflict, the seeming contradiction in Jehovah saying you will die and then Hezekiah not dying. All we're doing here is distracting ourselves from the reason he was sick, with the reason he was sick. It's like, okay, So that's what I do. How does this explain that Hezekiah didn't die after God said he would? Uh, another one, this is still like, you know, Apostle Tater mentioned God was testing Hezekiah. I get this. And here, again, so many of these different responses and how to handle these people with any of these beliefs starts with some question. And if it doesn't start with a question, it starts with me sharing on myself. But if God was testing Hezekiah, what test? To see if he would pray? I mean, this still doesn't explain how God said Hezekiah was going to die when Hezekiah did not die. It gets back to really what we're doing here is quick address whatever the issue or whatever the belief is, especially if what they're trying to do is distract you from the point of the verse, address the point through a question and bring them back to the point of what we're really of what the issue is in this verse. So it's like, you want to shoot a flare, we call them flares, right? You want to shoot a flare to distract us from the point? Great. I can say, yep, there's a flare, but what about this? So I keep, every one of these keeps getting back to, but what about God saying he was going to die and he didn't? Now, number four, let's address the pastor rich perspective. This one is probably one of the more common answers you would get In our day and age, you know, this is just one of those situations we're not meant to understand. What we do know is that God loved Hezekiah and he always wanted him to live through this sickness. So, here the contradiction is well, the the person saying, still kind of the same thing as the strict side is no, God always knew he was going to live through it. But the purpose behind this point, this person's perspective is. God is love. God's always looking out for you. He would never do anything to hurt you or harm you, which contradicts this whole idea you and I were already talking about as far as God's will would have been for Hezekiah to die. Right. But I could respond to this person who is, you know, basically we know God loved Hezekiah perspective with just asking them what's their definition of love. Or going back to what we mentioned earlier too, is what's their, de- what's their definition for faith or how do you build your faith? Because this person also pulled the whole, we're not really meant to understand this thing. If that's the case. Why is it even written down? Mm. <laughs> and then number five, here's one that I found uh, smack in the middle of uh, popular commentary. Prayers get answered when they bring glory to the Lord. We are supposed to pray for God's will, so it must have been God's will for Hezekiah to be healed. And then that's when, that's when it's a benefit to do step four, to get more scriptures to support the belief, to bring confirmation to the ultimate answer. Because my question to this person would be, well, how do you explain Manasseh? Did Manasseh's sins bring glory to the Lord? because yeah. that's your point. God will answer in prayers that are according to his will, so it must have been manasseh it must have been the God's will for Manasseh to do evil in the land for Manasseh to burn his sons in fire so those are five popular or common perspectives about these passages that, and, and how we would recommend handling them.
0: Excellent. Can you remind us once more what the ultimate answer is for this verse?
1: Yes, sir. The only explanation that was non-contradictory with the rest of God's word was Hezekiah's prayer and Hezekiah's righteousness, aka his reward, his spiritual value, caused God to move and heal Hezekiah. And that God did not know everything that would happen ahead of time. So we saw omniscience, according to God, means he knows all the causes that exist and their effects. So if the causes change, then the pronounced effects change as well. I'd recommend listening to the Omnis episode, Season 2, Episode 2, and even God's Will Part 5, the Prophecy episode, Season 5, Episode 15, Because what we do in explaining that episode is that a prophet can only state the effects that will occur according to the causes that exist, and that if the causes change, then even a pronounced prophecy of an effect, although it could have been true at the time it was stated, doesn't mean it's guaranteed to happen, which we saw here with Hezekiah. We also saw in the book of Jonah. Ultimately, we saw that God was trying to love Hezekiah by having him die. It would have been better or good for Hezekiah to die and not be healed. It would have prevented Manasseh from being born, which may have, well, it it would have changed the history of the Israelite people and, and of course, uh, Judah, where Manasseh was king over. But big, big point, this story proved it was possible to pray against God's will, have God answer a prayer that was against his will. And the key to that is the person praying needed to have enough spiritual value.
0: Okay, we have gone over this verse many times. So I want to read the verse according to what we have learned today, or like we have said over this past season, according to God's language. So you're going to hear how there's been some additional commentary, additional explanation at the doctrine level so that you can understand the verse according to God's language.
1: Awesome. I love this part. Go, go.
0: Second Kings 21 through six. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith Jehovah, Set thy house in order, for you shall die very soon and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed unto Jehovah, saying, Remember now my spiritual value, O Jehovah, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle Part of the city that the word of Jehovah came unto him, saying, Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the prince of my people, Thus saith Jehovah, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer and I have seen thy tears. Because of your prayer, I will heal thee. On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of Jehovah, and I will use your spiritual value to add unto your days 15 years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake.
1: That feels like reparative in my brain hearing it read that way.
0: Awesome. Yes, mine too. Thanks, Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.